right, let's get her going. The real Kipper and Bourne show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick with you all for the next two hours. This is our Leaf edition of the show. But no matter where you are, where you're listening and watching, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus, and now on our YouTube channel, for those of you that cannot catch us live, that is always an option worldwide. And we have some loyal watchers. All over the globe? On YouTube. Thank you, yes. Iceland and South Africa. We appreciate the support. Alaska? <laughs> yeah, we do have Alaskan support. That is true. Sportsbeard, our guy. And wherever you get your podcast is uh, also uh, download us and give us a rating and review if you ever get a chance. So, eight games around the National Hockey League. For the next hour, we'll, we'll focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. When we speak of Austin Matthews over the last few years, it was always about uh, how close is he to a Connor McDavid. And mm-hmm. that is still debatable today. The eye of the beholder, it can range. But am I safe to say, guys, yes. that tonight we can dub this game as the world's best shooter versus the world's best skater. Am I safe to go down that path? Yeah, no one's going to yell at you. I, I know in Edmonton it's a big deal if you ever imply that there's any sort of competition between the two. So, yes, we will give him the best shooter title. And McDavid, best skater. Oh, McKinnon might have something to say about that these days. But I, Yeah. After watching a couple of McKinnon nights, I'm not sure McDavid's a better skater than McKinnon. He does points. It's just, well, it's just visually they're two very different skaters. Yes. To me. And it's just the power that McKinnon has to me. Yeah. It's more effortless looking with McDavid. But to me, it's McKinnon. Both. They're both. Here's the thing. Both pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, they get around. Can can this be also deemed a, a little bit of a redemption night for Austin? Because I'll just flat out say it. Uh, he... He did not stand up to the challenge versus Nate McKinnon, who's considered one of the best players in the world. He gets a second chance against Connor tonight, but Nate ate him up Saturday night. Yeah. He was he dash three in that game. It was no yeah. good. Yeah. This is a, this is the chance for him. And he always gets up for these games. This is always a pretty good battle. And I feel yeah. like I put in the lineup that I think McDavid has thirty one points in twenty one games against uh Toronto. I think Matthews has. I'm just looking at it here. Maybe 11, 11 goals in 17 games against the Oilers. So they both kind of rise to the occasion for this one. And, they're you know, Edmonton versus Toronto matters. Big rivalry. That yeah. barn will be buzzing tonight. Like, it's a big one. Well, we're going to get a thought out of uh, Sheldon Keefe on our Kippers Clippers uh, momentarily. But, JB, it was a tough weekend for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And no sure question about it. But mm. if they come up with a good effort, if by chance they find a way to beat the Edmonton Oilers tonight and shut down a 10-game... 10-0-0. 10-game winning streak. I mean, based on what we've seen out of these guys in the past, the last few years, would you be, like, really, really surprised no. if they found a way? No. Because I, I, I wouldn't, based on sometimes these guys' ability to rebound. Yeah, and not just rebound. Yeah, re- Well, rebound is a big part of it, too, but, like... We have seen this team historically play to the level of their opponent when they know they're in for a good game. 
you tend to get a pretty good game out of them. I would say the pressure after their bad weekend, going up against the Oilers, this is like the prime you get a good Leafs game spot. You know, hate to be Jinxy McJinxer uh, pants here, but that's, uh, that's a tough name to say. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, this is, uh, this is a game you typically get a good le- a Leafs performance. Are you feeling better? Going After into, what he just said there, I'm try not. to say McJinxer pants. It's not an easy <laughs> I'm one. Good. Sammy, uh, where's Leaf Nation feeling the challenge tonight? Coming off two losses on the weekend, I'll say Leafs Nation, aka the Zigzags dressing room last night. The morale is not high about the Leafs. It's no. it's, it's it's low. It's, it's low coming right. off that weekend. But here's what I'll say: everything you laid out there is true, and they do bounce back in these kind of games. They surprise you a lot of times when you're expecting them to get beat the worst. Like, I feel like they went out on that road trip and we were worried about them against the Kings and they had one of their best efforts of the year. Mm. And I think the, the, the questions about Keefe have been getting louder and louder and, you know, we've talked about it and everybody's talking about it. If you don't see a response from them tonight, that will be concerning. I'd say it'd be bad news bears for the coach for them if, to not get they, that typical pushback. Like, if they don't come out there and look really good and their stars look good and they're, they're really responding... I would be concerned. Well, Sheldon Keith has looked at this game and said, I don't want to go into this with a bunch of brand spanking new lines. Uh, Matthews and Marner are going to play together again. Tavares and Nylander are going to play together again. Domi and Yarncroc, all down the right side. It's the same. Camp and Gregor, all the same. A little bit of shuffling on the left side, but things are kind of shuffled there. Holmberg still stays up top. Nice is going to join Tavares and Nylander for Tuzi, Domi, Yarncroc. Including another goaltending change for the Toronto Maple Leafs is... Martin Jones will get back in that tonight. Uh, we'll come off of uh, our first Kippers Clipper of of our show and then talk about those changes. But let's go to Sheldon Keefe on prepping against world-class McDavid tonight. Uh, just just making sure that how, you know, where you need to be when it's time to defend and check, and but also just how, how much harder the puck is to come by and how much you need to value it when you, when you do get a chance to get it. Um, that's really it. I do think, you know, coming off that Colorado game, it, it helps us for this one here in terms of the preparation. Different teams and such, but there's, there's certainly similarities there in terms of effectiveness on special teams and, and then, with, you know, elite caliber players. So, um yeah, they got lots of confidence. Uh, you know, they've they've put together a nice uh, nice uh, couple months here, and and, and uh, you know we're going to have to be at our best. And in these situations in the past, we have been. So so uh, I look forward to competing tonight. There it is. He's banking on it. Yeah. Wow. First of all, you better load up here. Your your two lines again. So yeah. it's right back to Matthews and Marner. But Holmberg, Tavares, and. Nylander. And Holmberg is the one exception where he stays on a line. And, hey, listen, he's been he's been great yeah. just in terms of making things happen, big body, stripping pucks, hard forechecks. That left side on that line isn't asked to be Gretzky. You, you know, you yeah. have a very specific niche role. Yeah. Get the puck back, be defensively yeah. responsible. But, but at some point, they're going to have to contribute. And, it, and yeah. Holmberg's getting points. Yeah. It's... You run shotgun with those guys. You can't can't have a a fifteen and fifteen season. No, and neither Nyes or Bertuzzi have been running away with top six point getting. You know whatever this season. So good to give someone else a little opportunity yeah. here. I'm excited about that. I, I do like the idea of Holmberg going up there. This is a big game. 
I, I, I guess they've watched him play over the last little while, and they, they think he's ready for this kind of test. But this does feel like a different animal going against McDavid. And I know they did it against the little bit against Colorado, and then they went for the full game against Detroit, right? All these games are so quick. But I don't know. This seems like a big bit of a desperation move to me. He, Holmberg, like, let me just say, if I told you guys coming out of training camp that they would be going into January <laughs> and I gave you the numbers that Nyes and Bertuzzi had and that Holmberg would be on a number one line against McDavid in January, you would have looked at me and, like I had three heads. And Absolutely. nobody's injured. You know, it's not like, a, like, oh, we're desperately filling spots. It's that's where we're at. So, yeah, I mean, they probably need someone by yeah. trade deadline. I think there's 50 days till the trade deadline. Yeah. You know, when you talk about all the needs at defense, it's going to be hard to also fill that spot. Now, I have not liked Matthew Nye's game mm-hmm. for a while now. And is this just part of the learning curve of being a pro? I mean, that's what I've basically come to, that there's peaks and valleys. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if coming off the weekend, I would have put Matthew Knives back into a top six with Tavares and, and Nylander right away. I've liked, I like Bertuzzi a lot more than Matthew Knives right now. Do you want to hear what Sheldon says about Bertuzzi? Or Nyes? Because we have a clip on both those guys. Yeah. What yeah, would you well, prefer? Nyes, you, you mentioned Nyes. Yeah, so let's, go, yeah. let's okay. go to his thoughts on Matthew Nyes. Yeah. We're seeing a young player that's uh, adjusting to the league. Like it's, he's been playing a lot with, with Matthews on the top line, which comes with it. The top matchups, top D pairs. Uh, it's, it's challenging. And then you're, we've talked about this throughout the season. You're, you're still adjusting to the pace of the league. I, you know, I don't know where exactly he's at, but he's probably already here at the, for, at the midway point for us. He's probably already played as many or more games than you know you're going to play in a college season. Like, there's there's a lot of things that that are that are happening for a young guys. So sometimes just taking a step back, um, you know, can help him. I look back to he was sick at one time, not too long ago, and came back from that and and was probably ready to play. But I just felt giving him an extra day could could help him. And uh, then he came back, you know, after just missing one game extra from being sick, was shot out of a cannon when we when we played. I think it was Pittsburgh after that, and uh, just shows at times the young guy. If you take a step backwards, it can it can help uh, it can help him just manage everything that comes with being a first year NHL player, first year pro. But putting him back on is a step back up again, yeah. right? It's not taking a step back. Yeah. Nyes has uh, the most games he played in university in a season was 40. Tonight? Yeah. 40. 40 games in half the, the length he usually has done that in, the, in uh, junior hockey. The most he ever played in a year, 44. So the kid has never played more than 44 hockey games in yeah. a season, and he's already, uh, you know, about there, and it's January. So to Keith's point, it's, it's like can you find him breaks in the schedule? I don't know that you want to – scratch him but you know just back him off a little bit more here and there you're right top six may you, you think too soon for him to he didn't earn his way back well, necessarily I, I again you're not dealing as you said out of strength right now on the left side mm-hmm. so just a little bit uh probably the ask is is big right now for matthew knives to go back 
and be with Tavares, and we'll get into that. But I want to hear his Tyler Bertuzzi, and then we'll kind of yeah frame the whole left side up. Sounds good. No, I would say inconsistent. Um, I would say for me, it's taken a while to get going in each game that we've played here of late. Um, you know, we, I think in, you know, when the game gets going, he's he's in it. He's he's competitive at times. The game gets away from him a little bit early, but. Uh, uh, you know, to me, Bert has played good hockey for us here for for a good stretch of time now, and it seems the the harder, more competitive, and more important the game is, um, that the better we get from him. I thought the game in Colorado is a bit of an exception there, uh, but he has been played very good for us. So, um, you know, he's an important guy. I liked him with Marner. It's a nice note, by the way, that he has played good in big yeah. games. You liked him with Marner, eh? Uh, listen, I, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Yes, I haven't seen I haven't seen Marner get too many tap in empty net goals. I see. And he I don't know, just just a little bit of chemistry right there. Yeah. You know, was enough for me to say that it's a it's a nice different look. So that's the thing that's jumped out to me the most that I didn't really know about him is his passing. It's Bertuzzi's passing. Well, he's nothing like what I thought no, he would be like. No, I, I I guess the games I watched him play again with Detroit and Boston, he was just more pissed off those nights. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just yeah. his passing has been one of the most pleasant surprises for me for his game. It's funny. I was going for a walk today, and I was listening to an article on Pontus Holmberg. Cloak did it. Yeah, that's kind of how I roll. And he's talking about how Holmberg is like so quiet and reserved and like you can't, he doesn't want to upset anyone ever. I was like, you do kind of see that on the ice, right? He's not like any, in anyone's face. Yeah. Like, God, can the Leafs just get someone who isn't that? And then I thought, wasn't that Tyler Bertuzzi? Yes. He's the only guy in the league who didn't want to get vaccinated. He's not afraid to make waves. He doesn't care. <laughs> no. like, he'll be, a, he'll stand up. <laughs> oh no, without a doubt, he doesn't care. But yeah. he, he hasn't happened in a game. There hasn't been a game where I've been like, whoa, he's a there, jerk tonight. There was. There was. Early in the season. He punched one red no, wing and one scrum, and no. you've talked about it ten times. And he speared the goalie in the... in the. He, yeah, okay, I remember the game. He made... There was a moment in, in a the, game. You know, yeah. 41 games have been played. Yes. This is not the guy I thought they were getting who is a good passer, in tight, makes great yeah. little small plays, doesn't skate well, doesn't get in anyone's face. He's a nice player, but he's not what I thought they were getting. I was told... Something different. Grit. Producer, though, too. Like, you thought you were going to find yeah. a way to get easy 60 points. What, do you have 10 points in the first round for Boston last yeah. year? You yeah. You 20 on the Leafs all year this year? The one thing that... In, in the top six? The one thing that is concerning for me on this second line is all three of these guys are hitting their worst stretch of the season. All three of them are hitting their worst stretch. Being, Nyes, yeah, Tavares, and Nylander. Yeah. Like Nylander's window of like the last three or four games are the or is the worst stretch we've seen all year long. What happened before that? <laughs> I don't know. Did he find some money? Did they, take, did they take away his motivation at the apex no. of his career year? And Tavares, his production has sunk like a stone the last dozen games, did you say? Yeah, in the last 10 games, yeah. he has uh, two goals. Just hasn't points. looked. Minus five. His usual kind of consistent look. Mm-hmm. Like he's he hasn't been a threat at all Yeah, over he's, the weekend. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Sheldon strikes lightning with all of these three guys. Maybe they find a way to put six points on the board tonight between all 
three of them. They have that capability. Of course. But it kind of feels like he's going big or going home tonight with this line. I feel like with Tavares specifically that watching him over his career, there are these game, these stretches where he's gone for a little bit where you don't notice him as much, but it just feels as the years have gone on, they just get a little deeper and a little longer every year. The stretches. Or the stretches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like he's will, he'll get his points, but it's but, just like once, you know, every year it gets a little bit longer, the stretch of la- lack of production. You know, Kip earlier this year was going, Tavares will get his point per game. Tavares will yeah. get it. It's like, what's uh, he at now? Uh, Kip, I, I don't he's, know, pal. He, he's now dropped under 70 points. I yeah. think he's on oh, yeah. pace for high 60s, mm. which I think would put him back probably, I don't know, five seven, eight years, ten years since he's had a 60-point yeah. season. Maybe you got to go back to the beginning of the For, Islander days. 2017, 2016. Sorry, 2016, 2017, he had 66 points in 77 games. Okay, yeah, and he's on pace for 24 goals and 68 points. 68 points. In 82 now he could score three tonight. Sure. Right? And, and bump that right back up to his point of game mm-hmm. kind of feel. And hopefully that, that's the case on this extended western road trip is that he finds a way to produce again Mm -hmm. the power play needs to get hot yeah power that's an issue and he's a big component of that six feet radius around the net on the power play but right now i mean you're not you're not going in with a lot of juice nope but you know like you said the thing that makes the leafs the leafs is that it's there you know, the the ability to have these moments to create and to show up in these big games because you have the elite talent. It's can you fill in all the holes? Just like every team, every team has holes. The the Leafs high end is just so high. You know, can they find it against the Oilers? Can they match that? Power play could use a little work. The one thing that also stood out to me while doing my data mining that I usually do, mm. and I've said this to you guys before, is just how much this team is the team that people thought the old Leafs were that they just aren't very good defensively and they score like hell. They're third best team in, in expected goals and like 25th in, in expected goals against. They just, they're a pretty one-dimensional team right now. And that's scary against the Oilers. And you look at those stats and it's like, you know, we've been talking about making additions. Is one or two guys going to change the whole outlook of the team? That's the question. I don't, yeah. I don't know, like, or who are you bumping out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like Tanev comes in for example. Yeah. Like, are you immediately 15th in expected goals against? Like, how much does that change things? It's a great question. You know? I, I don't know. Well, I just, you know how I felt for this team for the last couple of years. They're not one defenseman away. Yeah. They're two yeah. defensemen but, away. You know, the question of does one or two make it, or one guy make a difference, I just don't think any team is good enough in the NHL right now for the Leafs to say, this isn't our year, we're not going for it. I still think they have to do these things. I still think they're one of the teams that have a chance. So I'd like to see them if it is two. I'd like to see it happen, I can tell you that. In about 10 minutes, we're going to welcome in Brad May, former NHL or Stanley Cup champion, friend of the show. First time this year. Where, where's he been? I don't know, I feel bad. I don't know, we haven't had on yet. We're going to have him on. So it's been a while. He's fight his mother to be on two, the show. Two of our favorite clips. Uh, well, it's not good. Well, it's not good. <laughs> no, no, that I'd could fight be... my mom to win another Stanley Cup. <laughs> Those two lines yeah. could really just be our whole show. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not good. <laughs> they get played plenty, which is good. So we're excited uh, to have uh, Mayday on uh, 
coming up in about 10 minutes, like I said. Uh, I think it's official now. I haven't got a clue what Sheldon does with his goalies. Yeah. Okay, and I, I'm not doing it anymore. What do you mean? He's going back to Martin Jones. Yeah. I said yesterday that based on the pump up he gave Samson off coming off the Detroit win, that take it, go, go put him in against uh, yeah, hey, Edmonton we, tonight. And We've told uh, you you were huffing paint. A little too nervous, I think, to maybe go all in on Samsonov against uh, the hottest team in hockey right now. But handing Samsonov to Connor McDavid right now? Bigger picture, I think I, I, I kind of get it now yeah. that you're, you're, you're on an extended road trip. If, in fact, that you put Samsonov in tonight and he gets shelled then you're basically screwed the rest of the way in this. We, we, Samsonov will play against Calgary. Calgary, yeah. Right? That's yeah. the start yeah. that, uh, yeah, that play, he'll get. He'll play Calgary in Seattle. Yeah, it makes sense. Because they got the back-to-back yeah. on well, the weekend. Let's, let's see what happens in Calgary before you give them Seattle. Well, they're going on the trip. They're not going to fly. He'll I don't to, know. Maybe. It, they're like, going to fly him across the country to play in a game against. No, it's going to be Sam Snuff, regardless right. of what happens. You're well, right. maybe it's Joe Wall. Joe Wall's on the trip. You know that? No, it's not Joe Wall. Joe Wall is on not. the trip. Let's hear from Sheldon Keefe on his schedule. That just means he's one step further. He's not going to be playing on this trip. Uh, I don't even expect to see him in practices on this trip. So okay. he's just here just to continue to work with Curtis and, and uh, be around the guys. There you go. Injury Island is lonely. You know, good yeah. to be around the guys a little pretty, bit. On the trip. Pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty so chill. I think he's still on schedule to be in that February after the All-Star game, All-Star him, weekend. Yeah. I think I think he'd be – could they rush him depending on results on this don't, trip? Don't do that. <laughs> don't but do that. I think I think beginning of February pretty much has him around that eight-week mark, if I'm not mistaken, Yeah. which right on schedule. And I – was this was in my mind that I had something about Edmonton Oilers and Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. It's not gone well for – Martin against no. the Oilers. Well, he's been in Seattle, so they've played a lot. 21 games. Uh, he's got a winning record somehow, but uh, 8-8-2 save percentage, 301 goals against. Going against gets some good players a lot, but it has not fared well for him against this team. At so. least he knows what to expect. He knows what to expect. <laughs> he's played them 21 times. He knows what's yeah. coming, but, man, it's a big the ask fastball. for him. It's the a, fastball's coming. It's a big ask for him. Like, I, you know, I continue to be really happy for what they've given him but at some point and then we could be at the point this is going to start to go the other way like it happened on like you guys are looking at me like a mean here i don't i i I know what you're saying about martin jones he didn't get a job in the league this year watch that avalanche game on saturday it's like you can't you need wall to get back here you can't keep stretching this out it's gonna get worse that's all i'm saying the oilers how quickly from our earlier Oilers conversations, do you think of them as among the best few teams in the West? Like Vancouver, Winnipeg, Colorado, Edmonton? Oh, yeah. Like they're in that group of teams solidly now for me. 10 0 0. Yeah, it's crazy how far. Yeah. We, we had some you dumb know, conversations uh, about them in retrospect. Kind of take us off the Toronto Maple Leaf uh, train here, but in in our conversation but like 
everybody has flaws. Absolutely. Everybody. And we went to from writing off the Edmonton Oilers to now going Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Now, is the truth on the Edmonton Oilers maybe just somewhere in between? Very likely. Yeah. I mean, the depth scoring for the Oilers is they much need, like the Leafs. They need there's a, they none need, of it. They need a top winger to play with Dreisaitl. What's going on with that? So Hyman and Kane? Yeah, I don't know. Can't be, Dreisaitl and Kane probably not have the best chemistry, I guess, over the course Couple of, of the shooters. Year. I mean, I mean, Leon's the best passer on earth, probably. But they just don't work, eh? That just doesn't kind of clicked. I mean, I could give you a pretty good explanation right. of why this is turned around. Uh, Stuart Skinner's last games. I'm going back to December 30. I'll go back to December 28th when he got a shutout against the Sharks. Uh, save percentage of 1,000. 929, 946, 967, 962, 958. Yeah. You know, that's... Get saved. Yeah. It's a pretty and good explanation. Jay Woodcroft you know going, oh, come on! Yeah. Like, no matter what he does between now and the end of the regular season, you're still going to question him, and you're going to question... The goaltending, especially right. if it's Pickard you, backing you him up. You go into a series and it's Skinner and Pickard. It's they, like they need comfortable. They need a backup goalie. And depending where you are on putting all your eggs in the Joseph Wall basket, even if he comes back and plays well, you know the Leafs aren't out of the at least having a conversation on do we need somebody else? Or is it Joseph Wall and Martin Jones? Joe and Jones going baby, let's into go. the playoffs. Yes. Uh, to, mm. You know, we should not, and I don't want, I hope Leaf Nation hasn't gone, yeah, Joe Wall's the guy. He's 100% our starting goalie, like going but into he, the playoffs. He's got weak ankles, okay? It's <laughs> this, this last <laughs> issue that he's had, isn't the first time. It's just a funny thing to hear about someone. I've never, you know, and NHL hockey player, hey, weak ankles. There's an issue going yes, on there. He has. And you know what's ankylitis. worse is the way he left. It wasn't someone landing on it, crashing into it, watching us see him twist it. It was just something that jammed on him. It was yeah. a flutter puck from the half boards that he... Adjusted it was too. so weird. It he was. was also in the midst of one of the finest goaltending performances I can remember. Yeah, against Two Ottawa, massive right? glove yeah. save. Yeah. You can watch him on the injury a thousand times on video, and it will never equate to off, Eight weeks off, off for two months. Yeah. injury. Like you're like, okay, where? Yeah, where? You know, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, going back to twenty one, twenty two, he's played. 22 games for them. You know, it's, it's, like, and everyone's like, he's yeah. the guy. He'll get healthy. And he's it's, the guy. It's, and it's like, he probably is the guy. I really like him. But gosh. Again, watching. I've been, we've been yelling from the rooftops for how many shows to get a goalie. Mm-hmm. Watching that injury again, are you, like, likely to believe that this guy can play every other night for two months and win you a Stanley Cup? You know help you win a Stanley Cup? gives me some pause about this is when asked about this summer in his training, like, did you try to bulk up? Like, you're 23. Did you try yeah. to get bigger? What'd you work on? Yeah. He, you know what he worked on? His ankles. He had had an ankle issue in the past, and he actively tried to strengthen his ankles to avoid an issue this summer. 
Okay, so my weak ankles comment isn't far-fetched? I didn't mean to laugh at the idea that you were suggesting it. It's just a strange thing to hear. Have you ever heard or said that about a player before? <laughs> There's a lot of weak ankles. You an ankleectomy? <laughs> like, that hasn't come up. A lot of weak ankles in ACHL, but I'll tell you yeah, that well, Go to watch Beer League. You can be sponsored by Renfrew. Get some tape for these boys. But it's not quite the yeah. NHL's thing. So, like, the point of all of this is, like, everybody's got some question marks that you could pick apart to suggest they're not quite ready for, for winning a cup, but now you're starting to equate winning cups to... On this show, we've said they needed a goalie, a D-man, and a left yeah. winger. We've been saying they needed a goalie for... Oh, my voice cracked. I'm getting emotional. We've been saying they needed a goalie for three seasons of this show. We should break. Get the Mayday. Okay, we're going to take a break. You know, we're going to also have later on the show, we'll have a conversation on uh, Elvis Leakins. Brought that monster out of him. <laughs> Bar- <laughs> him. Is he an answer in Toronto or Edmonton? But uh, we'll save that for uh, the National Hour. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Brad May will tell us how critical this Western road trip is for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Teeing up the biggest games of the night, it's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, soon to be joining us. Brad Mayday. Mayday. Dirk Brandeo, does he have the Mayday call? Can he find that for us? While he <laughs> while we get Brad May set up uh for the phone call. Um gonna ask Brad May about uh the Leafs right now and you know, did we see have have they where is their identity when it's all said and done here in terms of halfway point now? Are they searching for one? Can they grab one on this road trip? Let's start with you, JB. Well, let me give you some, some quick stats. Goals four per game, they're fifth. Goals against per game, they're 21st. Their power play is sixth. Their penalty kill is 23rd. Their shots four per game is sixth. Their shots against is 21st. Their identity, to me, is they're a one-way team, right? They want to go that way. And so that, to me, is the challenge from games 42 to 82 is can you become a 200-foot team? Right now, they're not, to me. I don't think if you ask them what's your identity, they'd say what I just said. But yeah. from a viewer's perspective, that is their identity. And I imagine they would say that they're an offensively dynamic team who can play both ends of the rink, but they currently don't. The, the lack of identity is an identity to me. Yeah. Just how they just don't really have... A- defining thing outside of the core four and that is the defining thing yeah yeah all right let's welcome him in let's welcome him oh, in. oh no we have the clip ready we oh we have, have the actual clip ready. Ready. Oh, okay ready. i thought brad we're, trying to, was we're ready. trying to track down brad here are we yeah oh no down. okay don't, don't let's have that. the clip <laughs> let's have the clip <laughs> gets it to me and over the line he's me going in on goal he shoots he God, I love that. What are you looking? What's the uh, the thing when you send it out looking Rick. for somebody? 
No, the... Oh, SOS? Yeah, maybe send it out to SOS, trying to find her. <laughs> cool. You know, I think if that call, I don't know, like in the great annals of great American sports calls, like that's got to be one of them. It doesn't get enough respect nationally. Oh, gosh, it's I think it's here. played out amazingly Buffalo. well, yeah. I think. And it was, it was a, a first round. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I think they beat Boston in the first round. Off, off of Mayday's goal. So yeah. imagine if it was like a conference final or a Stanley Cup final. That might be one where you just let the crowd do the talking. Those are good calls too, eh? Where there's a big moment, you just sort of let the, the ambiance. of I mean the, the anti-Tony Romo? <laughs> well, I don't know, Jim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jim, I don't know, Jim. Jim. Jim, 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 Jim. As, uh, as Derek just pointed out, I mean, he undressed Ray Bork. Yeah. Was it Ray Bork? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, the, the one-handed kind of threw Ray Bork, and then he kind of hopped around him. And then the fake slap shot, I think. We might, uh, uh, we might not have Brad. I can't get in touch with Brad. All, All right. right. Well, listen. Well, for Brad, let's we have going. lots if of he, more Leafs content. If he joins us, he joins us. But uh, you want to talk about a former Leaf that went on to Edmonton who's having some success in Zach Hyman? We, we can critique a lot of things for the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last six years. Letting Zach Hyman go. Uh, everything's great. For the number Bertuzzi earns. Does not, does, like, there's nothing else that can top that. Cadre trade, the d- decision to give up uh, draft picks for Felino, the decision to give draft picks up for Ryan O'Reilly, but letting this guy go mm-hmm. because you would not go $5 million for him. What happened? Is, I can't need the context of what happened in that summer because I can't remember. Disaster. I don't remember all the context, but the current context I can give you is that his high, his goal total, the highest goal total with the Leafs is 21. Mm-hmm. He currently is on pace for 55. Okay. He had 36 two years ago for the Oilers. He's on pace for 55 goals, 26 goals in 38 games. And I should say the 21 with the Leafs was in 51 games, so he was on a pretty nice clip too. But, yeah, he is a massive goal-scoring threat in the National Hockey League on a team, you know, where he's he's crucial for them. It's but a, to it's the Leafs' loss. defense, like, there's just no way... You could see this coming. There's just no way based on where he had come out of college from and his rights were first with the Florida Panthers. It was a nothing trade by Kyle Dubas to get his rights to come to Toronto. He works his ass off. He grinds. Babcock sees something. There's people going... Okay, why is he playing with Matthews? Why is he playing with Marner? And he fought through that. Yeah. And then it was to the point where some of the Sammies in the world would gladly drive him to the airport because he's not worth five million bucks. Never say that to me. So I I I wish I had a I never said I looked up this up to be right about something because okay. I'm rarely right. All right, my apologies. But I looked it up on Twitter. I never sent any tweets. But when I was very early in doing my shows on the radio, I was like, "Why don't you just pay him? Yeah, just pay him." And here's what they did in that summer. Did you look it up? No. 
They signed Peter Mrazek, oh. <laughs> Nick Ritchie, Andre Kasha, Camp. And, uh, Camp. Yeah. Yep. Rich was great. And um, Michael Bunting. That okay. track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That checks. Totally tracks. You know. So. Yeah, they just tr- probably chose, could have allocated a little of that. They chose to, to spread Hyman's money out Flex amongst seal. a lot of people. <laughs> but, you know, you talk about they couldn't have seen where this was going. In 1920, he's on pace for 32 goals. And, you know, the next season, he's on pace for 30 goals. Like, he he didn't leave here a 10-goal scorer and become a 30-goal guy. So, I think you bet against the idea that he would be able to continue to do it away from your superstars. They basically said, we think he's as good as he is because of Hyman and Marner. Or, or sorry, because of Matthews and Marner. Yeah. Turns out he's just a great hockey player. Yeah. And how old is he now? 30. He's one. 31, but he's, 31. he's a freak of nature. He's one of those guys who's Can, all nobody green goes, juice. And, nobody goes from like being a, a 25-goal scorer to a 50-goal scorer at age 30. It is remarkable what he's done mm-hmm. in such a short period of time with the Edmonton Oilers. You know, he had 22 goals in 37 NCAA games. Like, he scored at the college level. And I was with the Marlies when Hyman was there, and I saw the work this guy put in. Like, he is the guy doing all the weird exercises and the correct diet and watching his game tape. Other people would come watch their game tape when they would score. They'd be like, can I get my shifts? Can I watch my shifts back from last game? Hyman could play terrible, and he would still watch him. Like, he put in the work to be the player he is. He writes children's books. <laughs> that alone should have kept him here. I know. And maybe I, you know, maybe there's a world he didn't want to be here. No, I, no. There was a big world where he wanted to stay. He for just sure? was not going to get paid. Would he have, yeah, would they have given him comparable? No. No. I don't think they yeah. ever got close to Is it 5 or 55? Five, five? It's 55. Five. 55. Five. Yeah. Like that's that was a lot of money back then. Right? Now it's like a He's already in year it's three nothing. giving him a 50-goal season. Like, there's four years left in the deal. It's not like it's... Yeah, uh, it's, it's already one of the best contracts in the league. They've done very well by yeah. it, for sure. Yeah. I mean, when you look through it, the rest of that lineup, you know, their fourth line is Adam Ernie, James Hamblin, Connor Brown struggling to put it in the net, Derek Ryan, Ryan McLeod, Matthias Yanmark. Like, they, they could use some depth help, too. So, obviously, Hyman is crucial for them. Curious to see Kane's ice time has kind of... Wow scaled back since Knobloch has yeah. been the guy. They, they, I think Knobloch recently had a quote about trying to find more opportunity for him. Yeah, yeah. Someone suggested to me there's a little friction there for sure. With Kane. Well, he wants his ice time. I'm sure he does. Right? And now I think we've got Fogel and McLeod with Dreisaitl. Yeah. And like, I'm a, I'm a big Fogel fan. I liked him in Carolina. And there are some times uh, since he's been an Edmonton Oiler where it's been challenging for him a little bit. But now he's, I think he's, he's settled humming. right in. He's a big, fast guy. So Kane's ice time yeah. in the first. I was, just, I was just looking at this. Yeah. yeah. In October, he plays 18 and a half minutes. Plays a couple more seconds per game in December, 18 and a half minutes. But towards the end of December, I don't remember when Knobloch came on. I think. Late November, I want to say. Yeah, so he still played quite a bit in December after that. 16.30 in the month of January so far. Or sorry, that was in December. He was 16.30. This month, he's 15.22. So it's really, really scaled back. I had the months wrong there. So 18.24 in October, 18.26 in November, 16.30 December, 15.22 in January. Yeah. 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 And 
and one assist in the month of January so far on a team that's winning games. Quite a contrast tonight from maybe the ability to control your team or have a feel of the temperature of your team between Knobloch and Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. One can get a little hot under the collar. Uh, in Knobloch, I'm not sure if his pulse ever gets higher than 50. Yeah, we witnessed it on our show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was very thoughtful, said all the right things. Um, we witnessed it firsthand. We do have Sheldon Keefe talking with Zach Hyman, just to stay on that theme before we change yeah, the channels here. Call. Let's listen to that. Yeah. I mean, Hyman's is... You know, he's, he's always had good touch around the net. He knows how to get to the right spots, and he's playing with the right guy to get the puck right where he needs it. So uh, in that sense, I'm, I'm not surprised, but then he's, he's a relentless player. So, you know, when he gets confident and, and all of that, he, he's, going to be, he's going to be dangerous. See, he should have just started the clip going, I, I, I miss him so much. <laughs> God, he did love him too. I, I, I mean, who did? Dubis, mm-hmm. that's the craziest part, is that Dubis loved him. And oh, he yeah. brought him in. Yeah. He, he was, was it McKeg? Greg McKeg. They traded Greg McKeg for him. Yeah. And he loved him and he developed him and he came up yeah. and developed him into what, I mean, that's what sucks with the cap. Not to go down this road again, but you spend all this time developing these guys and you, they get to the peak of their powers and you got to let them go. And that's what they, never mind. I'll leave Willie out of this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, and I, I'm not suggesting that a guy like Matthews is the reason why he left. But typically, when your star players really want to keep a guy, it, it sways the management's decision. And I'm just not sure back then how much a, a guy like Matthews would have thought the upside would have been to keep Hyman. Oh, so you think maybe... I just don't know if if there was ever that true, like I... Like kick down the door, like Sid did this summer for, for Gino and all yeah, those guys. Like I'm not sure how much Matthews like loved playing with him mm-hmm. back then, or if he felt like he want, he needed someone with... A, Who could make a pass. Better touch, yeah. uh, smoother, uh, higher-end point producer... And I think the whole feeling in general from even some of the star players to management was that Hyman has a cap, mm-hmm. right? And he's just, and we're not paying 5.5 yeah. for 60 points. I don't know back then where, where was 55 it? 55 goals. Right, now it's like <laughs> yeah. 55 goals. But he has developed his game. He's so smart. So, he's so intelligent yeah. that he's... He's figured it out between the body and the mind how to go to another level. So where do you stand on players having any input onto personnel? Because I don't think there's any credence to what you're saying. Uh, you know, but like, do you think they went to a 23 or 4-year-old and said, do we want this guy on our team? Should we keep him? And if so, should that happen? Should these players have input? Because why are you asking a kid to be the GM if that's the case? Ask LeBron James. Well, LeBron's 40. Listen, so. you're, you're, but he's been doing it his whole career. You're, yeah, you're fair enough. nuts. And you know what? Ask people if LeBron's a good GM. He's the worst GM in the league. Terrible. Yeah. You know, I love you, but I think you're nuts if you don't think this is going on all the time. Yeah. Okay. I, and, I, and, I, yeah. And yes, it, they go to 22 and 23-year-olds. Yeah. 
because they are the team now. Yeah. And it doesn't just stop with it, it doesn't stop with line mates. It doesn't so stop with it? roster. Should it? Listen, you have no choice. Yes, it should. Yeah. You know why? Because these guys have the power. Mm-hmm. Like Matthews has the power to go, oh, oh, you want to keep Babcock? Well, maybe I'll look for another place to play. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't sign. For sure. Maybe I'll move on. And they're like, oh, yeah. let's get rid of Babcock. Yeah. Which, you know, in retrospect, maybe was the right move. Babcock had to go to Phoenix. I know. Okay, had to get yeah. on a plane. Yeah. And and go suck up to Matthews. I know. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that well. You Let's know what's craziest? Okay, you want to talk about power? Yeah. That's power. You know what's crazy too about all the Babcock stuff where people talked about his coaching or whatever? Yeah. He was right about pretty much everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when you I know he's not a great guy and we're all mad at him or whatever. But if you look back at all the things he said the Leafs needed to do. To be successful, pretty much every single box has been checked. Okay, and then so you went the other way with Sheldon, who's pretty much given these guys everything they want. Yeah, you know, I think when he came in, you know, Dubis still really wanted them to be progressive, right? They wanted to play different than other teams. They wanted to hang on to the puck. Remember the curlbacks? You know, they, yeah, it was tough to watch for yeah. a while. And eventually they've said this doesn't work this doesn't work and eventually it's like we need to play fast go forward yeah. north south okay and it's like where did that there, there's hear not that before there's not the regroup he got rid of the regroup but there's a lot of that stuff that's still in there like i'm watching again how many times that that the leafs have two defensemen behind the net and i'm like there's no world in mine their own net or the opposing th- net no their own net yeah there's two Lilligren and McCabe are caught behind the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavares on the weekend, I saw him like like cop by himself in front of the net. Uh, Rantanen, his goal Saturday night alone in front of the net. I'm like, how does that keep happening? How does one yeah. guy understand that if the if the defenseman is behind the net battling? I better be in front of the net because nobody's there. That yeah. happened to cop on the game-winning goal. Two defensemen caught behind the net. How does that, that keep happening? You know, I, I highly doubt it's coached, right, that they're like, hey, we want to send two guys. Maybe they're just not listening to the coach, would be, which would be coaching. Okay, that's a problem then. Which, exactly. That's it a is. problem. It is. And so we, you and I had a brief conversation earlier. You know, I don't think that Sheldon Keefe is – a bad coach or has done a bad job. I think he's been a good coach who's done a good job or whatever. I do think that it would be interesting to see if people would respond differently to someone else because I think their systems are very comparable to other teams. I don't think they're doing anything out of the ordinary, but a lot of it is just getting guys to adhere to the system, which at times it feels like they're not. Okay, so we had a Bruce Boudreaux Vancouver Canucks Mm -hmm. and we have a Rick Tockett. I would say those pretty are much, two very extremes. Pretty much yeah. same group of guys. What's the difference? Well, why like yeah. they didn't listen to Bruce and they're listening to talk? Certainly that's part of it. Yeah. You know, but they Quinn Hughes isn't playing center. Uh, from February 1st through the 3rd, All-Stars are in Toronto for an NHL All-Star weekend and we'll be giving away tickets to the different events in episodes today until January 26th. 
Today we have tickets to the NHL All-Star Thursday Draft, which includes the PWHL 3-on-3 Showcase, the NHL All-Star Player Draft, plus a tribute to the 1967 Leafs. For a chance to win, text in today's code word, which is DRAFT, to 59590, and we'll have another code word in tomorrow's episode, so be sure to tune in. DRAFT is that code word. DRAFT. Hey, I, the, the person who picked... 1967 Leafs. Yeah. They, they, ne- they never showed uh, themselves. Appa- apparently, Leafs suck was too long a password <laughs> were, for were today. They, were they relieved of their duties? <laughs> who picked 67 uh, yesterday? Before we go, I got a lot of texts about Justin Hall. On we did the the return, yeah. and he got the tribute video. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple of texts being like, Justin Hall gets the tribute video, but Dubis doesn't. I'm like that is says something. I didn't see the tribute. Neither I, did I. The tribute um, was like, welcome back, Justin Hall. No, 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 I, I just Bye. hope it didn't include some bad pinches. What, uh, were, I was maybe, what was the highlight package? <laughs> maybe they could include last year's penalty kill numbers versus this. <laughs> you know what? Not a bad point. <clears throat> mm? Mm. Oh, yeah. Do you? You want to play it? No. Oh. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the Dubas tribute video sound. All right, listen, we're going we're gonna to get an answer from Brad May. If we can find him today, we're going to find him tomorrow. We're going to track him down yeah. for you. In the meantime, we continue on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show as we go national. Rob Brown, former National Hockey Leaguer, 50-goal scorer, and now an analyst for the Edmonton Oilers, will join us next. Stick around.